4: that were fucking with me really yeah like they were either someone i knew in high school they knew like to the t they knew a lot of stuff about me who i hung out with all this stuff but they wouldn't reveal like who they were and then you know how they say some of your biggest like haters and harassers are the people that you actually know Dude, it was crazy. Like early YouTube years, right? They would DM all this stuff. In five,
2: four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We have the OG returning guest. What's up? Celebration. <laughs> what There's it's a, it's a pop-up
4: shade. <laughs> Joe Jitsukawa, baby. What's up, man? It's been a it's been like almost, I think, half a year since I've been. You've been traveling, dude. I know. You've but the been- last time I was fucking on, we, you forgot to record the video. So it's just sound. <laughs>
2: hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> I've done that multiple times. but You know, yeah.
4: you know what I like, though? Uh, the most about this, this whole thing are the rumors about how we're actually not friends. And, like, That's we had so a funny. falling out. And then there's... I love, like, when people create, like, a With story. Yeah. And then when they create, like, a story about, like, oh... You know the reason why Joe's not on anymore is because this, and they had a falling out, and it this, and it that, and then like I get I get really interested in all that shit.
2: Do you know? You know what the crazy thing is? Is like you know people will message me. It's like, do you hear what they say about you on Reddit? I'm like, yeah, it's been there for a while. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not like you guys found out and then I just found out recently. I. There has been so much shit about us since day one. Yeah. for I mean, we've
4: been on this for like, what, over 13, 14 yeah, years. It's been a long time.
2: Yeah. And it's just, you know, when people ask, they go, well, how do you deal with it? It's like, there's nothing to deal with. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there is nothing to deal with. Like, you just let people have conversation. And you know if they're having fun doing that stuff, let them have fun. And if they're miserable, then let them be miserable. Like, it doesn't matter.
4: And it's like a lot. So it's it's, not, it's just YouTube comments. It's... It's not just Reddit. It's a lot of other places like Instagram, in the DMs, people talking shit. I got an email one day and this guy was like, I can't wait to kill you. Like, I mean, and this is not new. Nothing still hasn't happened. I think after a while you just get, I don't know, it's just like
2: fun. I remember back in the day when, you know, when we first started doing YouTube, YouTube was such a new space. I remember when somebody would talk shit, it, it didn't, the online stuff didn't seem like a separate world. It felt like, Online world and real world were the same thing. So we would I would message people like, all right, meet me up here and then we could scrap. (laughs) I know. Not knowing that this person's like in fucking Singapore. (laughs) Like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. But back in the day, I remember I would write back like, well, let's fucking go. You can meet me up at this spot and we'll scrap
4: like as if I was 14 years old and shit. Dude, I had people who knew me in real life that were fucking with me. Really? Yeah, like they were either someone I knew in high school. They knew- Like to the T, they knew a lot of stuff about me, who I hung out with, all this stuff, but they wouldn't reveal like who they were. And then you know how they say some of your biggest like haters and harassers are the people that you actually know, dude, it was crazy. Like early YouTube years, right? They would DM all this stuff, fucking try to talk some shit. And I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. And then like, gone, completely gone. And then they'll come back again. And I'm like, who the fuck is this?
2: That's so fucking random. Why would they do that?
4: I have no idea. Till this day, I have no idea, but I know it's someone I know. So it's like someone, either a friend that was like fucking with me and he's laughing behind my back and he just forgot about it. Or it's someone who really didn't like me in high school, who never had the balls to fight me or whatever. And then they wanted to find out how to like hurt me.
2: There's some weird shit too, because I... So during... Christmas time or whatever, like, you know, I, I tend to meet up a lot of friends from Sacramento or whatever, but you can always tell when somebody speaks to you, when they have like an, either like an ulterior motive or like, you could tell how much they dislike you, even though they're trying to play nice. Yeah. Right. So we were having a conversation and then out of nowhere, everybody's having a good time. And then this guy in the group randomly just goes, he goes, oh, so, so you got like famous and making money off of, you know, all of our jokes. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Out of nowhere. And then you, it's getting a little awkward. And I don't usually let things pass like that, especially if you're being super disrespectful, you know, in a public, like with all of our friends. And I was like, bro, when were you ever funny? (laughs) I'm like, when the fuck would I, I was like, bro, I mean, listen, I don't suggest you say this shit, but I literally looked at him. I was like, you think I want to be you? He goes, yeah. I was like, if I was you, I'd kill myself. (laughs) I would literally kill myself, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? But literally, and then after that, I just started roasting this dude for like 30 minutes. As and and you should. Yeah. And then he just left. Yeah. And then after that, he doesn't come by anymore. It's like, dog, why'd you attack me? Like, I didn't say anything or do anything. And the funny thing is, it's like, if anything else, you are the last person that I would have ever learned any type of humor from. You know, I understand if it was like certain people in the group, they're very funny. They influenced me a lot. He was not one of them. But it's just like the idea that he had to go out of his way to try to make me feel bad for so, for what? For yeah. fucking what? And it's a reflection of where that person is in his life right now. Because a lot of people in that group, depending on what we were doing, everybody's successful now. Yeah. Like they're, they're working
4: jobs. They have houses. That's homes. what yeah. sucks, man. Because you want the group to come up together. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's frenemies. There's like people that are like, like, I think what sucks the most is when you've been supporting someone for like all your life, right? And then you find out that, they were in competition with you, yeah. And they're like, man, all I wanted to do was like be above you and this and that. And I'm like, like, above me? What do you mean, bro? What?
2: Dude, there was a, I might have told us on podcast a while ago, but there was a guy that um we did comedy at the same time. Um, he was not very funny, right? All, <laughs> all of our friends knew that he was not very funny. We went to go see him at a stand-up shows, and we just watched him bomb all the time. He always did tiny dick Asian jokes. All the fucking time. And it my was, favorite. You know, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And it's just like just watching him go up, it was terrible. And so, but when I moved to LA, um, I just I made the big jump, right? I had to make the sacrifices, I had to sell all my shit, tell my parents all this other stuff. Yeah, and I decided to leave. Well, there was there was another guy too, and I'll tell, talk about him later. But this specific guy, years later, out of nowhere, gives me a Facebook message and he goes, Hey man, I saw that you're doing well, blah, 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 blah. But I just wanted to let you know, like, you know, I was I was kind of salty towards you because when you left to LA, I thought you were gonna take me with you. Are you my child? Take me with like he said we're gonna
4: fucking frolic together to LA, hands
2: holding. (laughs) Yeah. So he literally was upset at me because I didn't quote unquote take him with him to LA. I was like, so you thought? Do you thought you guys were partners? Yeah. But even so, how is that my responsibility for you? Like, your success is not my responsibility. We weren't even a duo. Like, what is this? What is this nonsense? I thought I was going to be able to get a piggyback ride from yeah. you, David. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it was like you and Bart where you guys created a channel together. Yeah, we it was were doing a partnership. Two, it was yeah. a partnership. This We were doing two separate things. Oh, my God. And then he goes, yeah, I just wanted to let you know, like you know, I'm, I'm super like hyped and proud of you, which you already know when somebody says that there's something else coming after.
4: But, yeah. He goes,
2: but he goes, I think you just got lucky. And you know, I don't think you're funnier than me. I think like, I'm just as funny as you. I'm like, wait, are you dissing me? Are you congratulating? Me? What is this shit? <laughs> and I just wrote back to him something very simple. Yeah. I was like, if you were talented, you would be here and not over there writing, writing a Facebook message. to me. Yeah. And that's all I wrote.
4: But a lot of people write it off as like, Oh, you're just lucky.
2: Yeah, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll admit there is a bit of luck in there, right? But there's the other part of the equation as well. Of course, like what was, what's that phrase when it's like when opportunity meets like hard work or something, you you know.
4: When um, preparation meets uh, opportunity, yes. yeah. Then that's considered luck, exactly. Because like you prepared for this moment and you got to seize it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for him, it was like, okay, you you chose to stay back, work this job because it was more comfortable. <laughs> I was like, when I left, I had fucking like twenty bucks in my bank account. Yeah. So how, where the fuck is that luck? Like you weren't there. Like YouTube wasn't making money at the time. I just had to go and see what happened, and you know it just turned out that it worked well.
4: Yeah, it blows my mind because I think like everyone that I know, or at least if they watch my content, right? I want everyone to win. Yeah. Like I want everyone to do well. Right. But some people out there believe that like you doing worse is them getting ahead. Yeah. Like it's like that crabs in the bucket mentality. Like me and Bart, we used to have this um, old group of friends and and we had a really competitive friend. And this guy was always talking about how like, Oh, Bart's the leader and I got to get ahead. And I'm like, how is he the leader? Like, like, well for once I'm I'm I once in a while come into the group and hang out and go bodyboarding but I'm mm-hmm. like to me it just seems like a handful of guys that like to get together and party and drink and like surf or whatever right like, like
2: you know this you know Bart's like autistic right it's I know like
4: <laughs> but then like, like <laughs> he's been telling all of our <laughs> friends like oh one day you know like I'm going to be the leader and not Bart and like he's always had this what plot against fuck? Bart yeah and I'm like What he's Bart's just a goofy ass dude. Yeah. With the fucking Lego head. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) He's my autistic friend. Like we all love, we all love the dude, you know? Like, fuck.
2: That's crazy how people just create competition
4: in their head. Yeah. And then then it was his life goal to like destroy his ass. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this has happened to me too. Like this has I think everyone has an example of this where you're just fucking picking your nose, living life enjoying it. You think this dude is one of your bestest friends and you have an authentic relationship and you didn't know that like deep down inside, they fucking hated you. Yeah. And they just wanted to win and they just wanted to make you feel like less than. And I think it comes from people who are like thinking that your destruction is their win. You know, we, I, like I've always had this
2: conversation with especially younger people. And I think a lot of young people do that because they feel like- They have to keep up in this like imaginary race. But like I always say, it's just, you figure out whatever makes you happy, you know? Because for me, I figured out too. It's, I was just watching this um, conversation, uh, Mr. Beast, you know, Mr. Beast makes fucking millions and millions of views. You know how modest he lives? Yeah. he he He's not balling. Yeah. He puts all of his money back into his projects. And yeah. it's not even him just saying it for PR purposes. They were asking, why don't you have a big house? Why don't you have all these other things? He goes, I find it stupid that I should pay more money to live in a bigger box.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's how I agree. Because somebody would look at him and they would expect him to live this very lavish lifestyle. Exactly, But he's figuring out what makes him happy. Yeah. I just want to create dope content. And then, you know, he's pop- he does well for himself, but he's not balling out, you know?
4: Yeah. And he he makes balling out money. Like he makes 30, 40 mil easily, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, we're in a different era now where we don't have to kind of live in the norms of like, all right, at this age, you have to have a house. At this age, you have to be married with this much money and this and that. And I think the quickest way to become broke is to try to prove that you're rich. And I always have this because like, there's so many people that are like looking for validation and they're like, oh, I want people to know that I'm rich. So I'm going to buy this, this and that. And then, like, do you actually like those cars? Do you actually like that house? Or are you doing it because you want people to talk about you? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then for me, I go the opposite route. I said, the more money I get, <laughs> the more homeless I'm going to pretend to be. <laughs> and I've been playing this game for the last year. It was fucking hilarious. But I had to kind of come out and, you know, break my own, like, like troll. But, um, yeah, like, you know, we all did really well in crypto. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of us, you know, some of us broke a million, whatever – And on top of that, we have other businesses going on, investments. We don't talk about everything because obviously it doesn't really apply to the YouTube world. And at the end of the day, we're like in the comedic space. Yeah. We're not in the, you know, motivational space, even if people might find inspiration or whatever. Like we just talk about life and jokes and funny shit. So I feel kind of awkward. And maybe it's a little bit of like imposter syndrome, but it feels weird to get out of my joke character mm. and then start talking about like all the other things that we're doing because it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to break that facade. I don't want to break that image of who I am as like this dumb jokester. I you also I mean? just
2: don't want people to kind of follow or maybe learn from the things that we don't care about. Right. So money is a means for us to do, to live life happily and do what we want. Right. Yeah. But I don't think it's like one of the things that make me quote-unquote happy. Yeah. So if I say, okay, well, we're doing this, we're doing this, this, and that, I don't want people to look at it and say, oh, because of money, that's why he's happy. It's the opposite. Yeah, that's like true. When you grow up with not a lot of money, money just means opportunity. But even then, I have a ceiling for that. Like, Mariel, and I think a lot of people are surprised. to go, what's your ideal home? Mine's a three-bed, two-bath. I don't have, I don't want... Maybe a four bed if at most, but yeah. I don't need anything bigger. I grew up in a household with me, my brother, my mom, and my dad. And sometimes, you know, at a certain point, my grandpa. And I never felt like my space was small. I never felt that I needed more in terms of a home. I never went to somebody else's house and said, oh, I wish I lived in this home. Mm-hmm. I've, I never had that. So I don't generally base my happiness on wanting more material things. Mm-hmm. I have a certain goal that I like, but that's only because in terms of money money creates certain opportunities for me yeah. like me being able to i don't know if i'm retired and i have enough money i could have a family and be around my kids cuz my parents couldn't do that they were always working 24/7 yeah. so i my, think it buys yeah.
4: freedom yes i think it buys freedom it buys time it buys like dreams because like, let's say we have a crazy idea to do something stupid, right? It's like, I want to have 10 billboards back to back of me in a Speedo just because <laughs> money can do that for you. Like yeah. Mr. Beast, right? Like if you just want to plant a million fucking trees out there, money can do that for you. Like yeah. obviously we can do a lot of things without it, but it just speeds up the process. And if you see it as like one time, man, this one guy said, yo, money is 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 nothing. Money is just choices. That's all it is. Yeah. Money is just The more money you have, the more choices in the world you'll have. Mm -hmm. Because if you think on a budget, everything is limited. So it's like if you had the option to have a fucking 10 home mansion or a shack, well, if you had the money, you can actually choose the shack because you want the shack instead of being forced to live in a shack. Mm. And that's me. (laughs) I, I can buy all these things, but- That's not my lifestyle and strategy.
0: The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly.
2: this podcast is brought to you by Babel, my friends pierre what do you think ah bonjour monsieur i think babel is très magnifique because i say it comes from the soul and it teaches you how to speak our language the way that we speak all right get the fuck out of here you french fuck listen Babbel. if you guys don't know what Babbel is Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions because it's addictively fun and an easy way to learn a new language and it's done Properly, 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. And by the way, it was developed by over a 100 language experts. When you guys were in high school, I know for a fact that whatever Spanish that you learned or whatever foreign language you learned, you forgot all of it. Because, number one, the way that they taught you was weird. And on top of that, it wasn't really applicable in your everyday talking life. Well, Babbel's different, my friends. You can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and even German. Plus, Babel's speech recognition. recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel, my friends. Right now, save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash GB. That's
4: babbel.com slash GB for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel language for life. And that's what I always want to push is that like being in line with what your happiness is and what your goals are and what you desire out of life. Being in line with all those things is going to help you thrive and help you be happy. Like trying to look for approval from other people as in like, oh, you know, everyone's going to think I'm dope. If I have a fucking four story house, then I got to get that, you know, and you don't really want it. You're going to be paying these fucking bills on a place that you don't even use. Um, I think that's the road to unhappiness is living for the validation of other people. But I think that's so difficult to do because, like, I think the hardest thing to do is for people to look at themselves and being like, what do I want? And what is going to make me happy while people laugh at me? And I think that's the thing that's hardest to yeah. stomach is, like, people don't want to get judged and laughed at and whatever. So I'm just, like, I didn't want to be a part of that group who's just constantly talking about this, like, um, toxic hustle culture.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because
4: like we do hustle, we do like making businesses, but the purpose behind it isn't just for the sake of the numbers and for cloud and for all these other things that I actually don't associate with. yeah. And there's a lot of negative connotations when it comes to being businessman or entrepreneur or whatever, right? Especially now, because like, there's a lot of people struggling and then there's a lot of people balling and then like, I feel like the middle class is kind of dividing, right? And then there's a lot of you know, ideas of what a boss is or what a capitalist is. And when you kind of throw yourself in that world, uh, we all know that there's more than just the stereotypical idea of what a businessman is, a greedy bastard who exploits employees or whatever, right? Like we know there's so many great people in this realm of business, but a lot of people don't know that. And then for me, it's too complex to kind of like deal with and it's just easier to come on like JK News or here or whatever, just talk about life.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. be
4: a human being. Yeah. And then so all of these achievements and all these other things that we actually get ourselves into, I think we don't talk about it enough sometimes.
2: Yeah. I mean also
4: too, I just I feel even though I talk about a lot of
2: personal stories, um, a lot of these personal stories are something that happened way in my past right? And then the names that I give out are all different names. And my and, and these, I'll change small details because the reason why I do that is because I'm also, though I do tell a lot about my personal strides and all these like stories, the other stuff, the other 80% that people don't know, I keep really private, right? And I think I like that. I'm not doing it on purpose to prove a point or anything, but there are certain things that I enjoy that I like to keep to myself, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And I think we're in a world now where everybody feels like they, if they're not sharing something, then it's not real. Mm-hmm. But- that's just you living a life of comparison. Like, what is like the biggest, was it, what, what did they say? Like, comparison is like the biggest thief of joy, right? Mm-hmm. And I just don't like living that world. A lot of the times people say, oh, you don't post about Mary a lot because I don't have to. Yeah. Like, that's not my responsibility to make you feel comfortable about my personal relationship.
4: They don't think you love her as much because <laughs> yeah. you don't fucking parade her all day. <laughs> yeah, you know
2: what I mean? That's, that. <laughs> if that's what you do, that's what you do. But yeah. I can't live... My personal relationship with my lady based on how you would conduct yourself. So, just the biggest thing is just mind your fucking business. Mm-hmm. You know, and the things that I do che- choose to share is because it's not really thought out. It's just I just wanted to share it at the time. Yeah. There's no like master plan when it comes to these things for me. I just mm-hmm. do it because I do it. And if I enjoy it, I enjoy it, which kind of goes to the topic of the biggest, <laughs> biggest surprise. So, man, it's been, it's been kind of an ordeal, but been we crazy. Yeah. We have been, working on this secretly and we haven't really talked about it just because obviously
4: speaking of secret businesses yeah Yeah.
2: so (laughs) me joe and his cousin greg are we're actually opening up a store a jumbi in oahu
4: yes baby it's been it was supposed to be open in january but damn let me tell you guys (laughs) this has been uh, uh in the works for quite some time now um me and david we absolutely love hawaii like we're always there second home almost like I actually have family from there. And um the thing is we've been talking, I would say, since we've been doing our like trips out there is like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a reason to live here just for a little bit? Or maybe even like do something to contribute to the community or like have a piece of us here somehow. And we kept talking and talking. And one day it was like, Why don't we do a spam Musubi stuff or why don't we do a like a restaurant here or whatever? Cause we're both into food and We like the community and we love the food culture in Oahu. And then it was like, we have restaurants that we're invested into. Why don't we just bring that here? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And the the cool thing is too, is I think just to kind of wrap back to kind of how we create and the reason why we do things is simply to just like supplement the stuff that makes us really happy. So if Hawaii makes us happy, we have a community out there. And, you know, uh, Greg's family is originally from Yeah. Hawaii too, right?
4: Yep. He, um, he, his dad uh, grew up in Pearl City. It's, at, it's a crazy story. His dad told me like he, when he was a kid, he, he worked on this uh, watercrest farm and he saw um, the attack on Pearl Harbor from the hills. And as a kid, he just saw the bombs and he was just like, what the heck? And I think that inspired him to join the military and all that stuff and see the world. But um, man, the people that grew up there during that time it's a whole different Hawaii from what it is Dude, today.
2: Vince told me this crazy story and I might be paraphrasing it, you know, incorrectly. But um, I personally, I didn't know this. And it's probably like in history books. But I guess like Americans or the government issued a warning to like Japanese people that a bomb was going to drop. But it was all in English. Oh, really? Yeah. Like in
4: like the, the atomic bomb? Yeah. Wow. So,
2: <laughs> so in Hiroshima, they... Yeah. they like planes dropped off flyers saying, Ugh. hey, a bomb is coming. A bomb is coming. Like
4: they couldn't fucking do it in Japanese. like damn. Exactly.
2: So there was a few educated people in terms of, educated what I mean is like they knew how to read English. Oh, okay. And they would let, you know, the people in the vicinity know that a bomb is coming, but that's not everybody.
4: Yeah. And so they actually
2: gave them a warning. And so I think… Uh, Vince's either grandmother or grandfather… They read it? They read it yeah. and they, you know, warned people around them. And Damn. then while she was on the train leaving, she saw the bomb drop.
4: That's nuts. But
2: how fucking nuts is that shit, That's dude? That's
4: crazy. That era is is wild, man. That World War II, just people seeing the crazy shit that they did. And um, funny, fun fact too, because I knew that our other business partner, Jeremy, mm-hmm. he's also, you know, on uh, the owner of Joombi and all that stuff on the corporate end. When you made those posts about Jungbi Hawaii and how he's proud that, you know, the company that his ancestors kind of like grew up like in Hawaii is going back. And then I see these pictures and I was like, oh, crap, dude. I didn't know. So I knew that his family's from Kauai, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know they were plantation peoples straight up. Like, I didn't know how many generations they went back, but that's a pretty good full circle thing. His mom's side, you know, I guess they have deep roots in Kauai. And then so I'm like, it's kind of a good feeling to know that like the locals and the people that help kind of contribute to Hawaii are also having a hand in bringing back a business or creating a, a business concept on the islands.
2: Yeah. And I think it's important for us too. like, you know, if you're ever in Waikiki, like we're going to give the kamehameha a discount. Yeah. Like we want it to still be a part of the community. And that's just one location that we'll have. Yeah, You know, who knows it, what's going to happen in the future.
4: Strategically, I thought like business sense wise, it would make sense to get to the place that would probably generate the most foot traffic and also have the most awareness. Because everything in Waikiki, it's like, it's the most, you know, global. Because mm-hmm. when you have Japanese, you have a, a lot of mainland, you know, tourists. And half of the people that I meet like out there, whether we're hiking at Koko Head or whatever, right, are fans that are from the mainland. Mm-hmm. So they're like from Texas, Chicago, whatever. They're coming to visit the islands and then they stop us. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh shit, what's up dude. So it's a piece to kind of, I think it's like, it's like a, it's like a piece to give to everybody.
2: Yeah. 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 It's been really, it's been really interesting. Like, cause I've never, I mean, yeah, we did the soft serve. I've done the soft serve spot, but this is like kind of a whole other beast. Like it, it yeah. was, it was definitely a lot of stuff that you were personally dealing with that I didn't have to deal with when opening up a soft serve. I'm like, oh shit, there's so many uh, things to deal. Do it. Well, it's
4: because we're getting into a place that's like top grade. Yeah. So they have so many rules because it's like opening up a business on Rodeo Drive right here in Beverly Mm. Hills. It's like, if you have a grade A place, you have to use the top, the best contractors to build. You have to do, there's so much red tape. Yeah. Because like they have fucking millions of dollars they have to worry about. And then so it was the most strictest process while dealing with the pandemic while dealing with shipping issues and all this stuff and the whole city went through a scandal in government the, it was just fucking nuts yeah and so we were supposed to open in January but a lot of businesses if you if you actually see this they they've been really struggling to open in Honolulu um and some might be like you're fucking crazy why did you do it in the heart of the pandemic well I don't lack vision. I have vision. I know one day it's going to mm-hmm. open up. And so when you get the pandemic special, which is, you know, things were just lower in rent. Mm-hmm. Like prices were better for uh, real estate, all this stuff. As in like, like if you wanted to get a business lease, a lot of businesses were, were basically empty or failing or not open. So they were willing to give out great deals. So my plan was, why don't I secure this great deal during the pandemic? And, you know, when it opens, I'll be locked into something amazing. Yeah. Because when you're opening up a business, while it's super popular and busy, there's going to be, first off, you can't find a place to rent
2: Mm -hmm. because
4: there's nothing open. Yeah. And then the the rent that you do find, it's probably going to be three times what it is today. Yeah. So that was just my kind of like future thinking. We locked in something amazing um, and in a great location. It's called the Royal Hawaiian. Um, and on top of that, I think like we have great people working with us, landlords in the community. And I just feel really good all around about it because I could have opened up another spot here in L.A. or Vegas where mm. a lot of our support is and friends are. But Hawaii just has this like it's just it's just a excuse really to be there more but i'm really just going there so i could swim every morning
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're know, fucking interesting like when we we're talking earlier about like so i i recently you know flew my parents out here and then i've never really asked my dad about kind of like our past and our history and specifically about my grandparents i didn't know and it only hit me a little bit recently that well so i remember when i was a kid um my my grandpa used to play this I think it's like Mahjong or some type of… Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Korean checkers. (laughs) Yeah. It's called… I think it's called… Not Yudinori, but… I forgot what it was called. Takchi or some shit. I don't know what the fuck it is. Some Korean person let me know. But one day when he was playing it around, I was asking him to teach me how to play this. Right? And then out of nowhere, he brings out this piece of paper and he starts writing in Japanese. Oh, shit. Right. So he starts writing like whatever, you know, whatever kanji and stuff like that. And then he was telling me that he could speak Japanese. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why do you know how to speak Japanese? A
4: lot of Korean grandparents can. Exactly. Yeah. So I,
2: I didn't know this. Yeah. But then my I was talking to my dad about that. Me remembering him doing that. He goes, oh, you don't remember when they used to fight? They would only talk to each other in Japanese.
4: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't really know the dark history of that stuff when I was a kid. But mm-hmm. I do remember going to Korean friends' houses and their grandparents couldn't speak English. But they'd be able to speak Japanese. So yeah. we would communicate like that um or like some Vietnamese some Chinese like I would just go over and then mm. they're like oh you're Japanese and then they'll start speaking Japanese to me but they can't speak any English at all <laughs> so I'm like and then my parents you know told me like why mm-hmm. they know how to speak it but like at the time as a child I didn't know you know but so it was I was cool. I just thought yeah but it, I think it has an effect on your mind like where it's like, oh, then a lot of people must learn Japanese like the way they learn English. Mm-hmm. Like it's a popular language. Mm. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think it was like um, maybe like 40 years of occupation. Yeah, it was, so a, it was a hot it, second. It predates World War II. Yeah. Because when um, after World War I, Japan started, you know, like… Well, I think it was even during… But in between World War I to two they were already expanding. Mm. And they were colonizing, like, like, Taiwan, you know, China, Korea. And Korea was one of the first countries after they fought with Russia that yeah. they invaded. And then, in, um, you know, I think, like, yeah, they, they, they had it occupied for almost, like, 40-something years. And then World War II broke out. After World War II broke out, that's when Korea got their independence. Mm. And then that's when North and South fought. Yeah. So, it's been a lot of uh I think like um kind of like a colonial like under different people's rules. Yeah.
3: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs, projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well,
2: my lovely genius brain farts this podcast is brought to you by fume ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing everest and flip-flops yeah we've been there too but here's a breath of fresh air fume it's not about giving up it's about switching up baby fume takes your habit and simply makes it better healthier and a whole lot more enjoyable what is fume you ask fume is an innovative award-winning flavored air device that does just Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with The Good Habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting The Good Habit that much easier. Start The Good Habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off The Journey Pack today. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, my friends. BetterHelp has been a longtime sponsor of genius brain because i use better help and i freaking love it a lot of the times people do not talk about mental health and i will constantly reiterate this if you care about your physical health you should worry about your mental health just as much because health is more than just on the physical side if you're not taking care of your mentals you're going to go a little mental. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, even teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. When I started using BetterHelp, my life got a lot better because I got to let off some steam and collect my thoughts with somebody who wasn't really judging me, with my own personal therapist. And guess what, my friends, do I have to remind you how dope it is? BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress Genius brain listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com genius. That's B-E-T-T-E-R. That's why Korean people's folk music is so sad, dude. <laughs> so it's, much war. It's so much war and wailing. Like we were like a province of China, I heard at one point.
4: <laughs> like I was yeah. like,
2: damn, we were just owned by everybody, dude. That's why all of our music, if you my grandpa used to listen to these old Korean records and it was, you know, traditional folk music, but it just sounds like somebody <laughs> is wailing for hours. Ah! I'm like dude how is this the shit he's over
4: here listening to this stuff like damn this is my shit I <laughs> love that shit but if you think about Japan and Korea's comeback though like Japan after World War II was like Devastated. pretty much yeah and then out of all of a sudden became a like top economy and Korea's crushing it right now and I think Korea is super remarkable because like one it was never a nation nation like one nation right like uh, if you look at ancient Korea, it's been like several different kingdoms Mm -hmm. and it was a vassal state of China, some kingdoms. And then here comes, you know, like Japan taking it over. Here's, here comes, you know, all this North, like the war from North Korea. It's, It's been broken up. So it's really a brand new country and they established nationalism, identity, and like technology and everything since 1950-something. I heard, I'm heard. i not sure how true this is, but it's, like, one of the most fastest, like, economic turnarounds like yeah. any country has ever had. With amazing Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's literally fiber optic throughout the whole fucking it's country. It's crazy, bro. Like, so, every time I travel, I do the whole pocket Wi-Fi shit, right? Because it's way better. And I, I was shocked. I, this was, like, 2000, I want to say, like, 9 or 10, right? And I was just shocked at the fucking technological advances. It's it's nuts. The internet is so good. Yeah. And I was like, what the… How is this possible? Everywhere has Wi-Fi. And I'm like, man, I can upload YouTube fucking videos this way. Dude,
2: I have fiber optic at this place right now. Yeah. If I… Because I record uh, this in 4K, I have multiple cameras. The file size is like 10, 11 gigs. It takes… Eight minutes to upload the whole thing.
4: Oh shit! Yeah,
2: it's so fucking fast. Wow! Because at the last place I lived, it took about like an hour and a half to upload a full video, and that thing was like maybe five five gigs. Dang! Like ten gigs, like in eight minutes. Ridiculous.
4: That's That's crazy, man. I, I wish we had that like in everywhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because I don't. I can't even remember a time before. Like I was just thinking about the other day when I was like stretching. I'm like, I'm watching something as I'm stretching. Like before I just had a stretch. Like there that was, there that was, that was nothing else. I wasn't distracting myself with yeah. something, but I always have something to entertain myself with. Oh at yeah. At all times. That's true. And we're kind of in that mid-generation where we had 56k modems. Yeah. We had that We when we had to watch porn, it was like, it would take a good, like two days to download this 30 second clip. I know. And then you would jack off to that for fucking months.
4: Yeah, had one picture that your friend gave you in a fucking floppy disc. Yeah. But then
2: and then you, you share that. Z- 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 Takes like 10 seconds to load and shit. You guys are so lucky. Porn was
4: so hard oh back my in the day, God. man. We had to work for that shit. Do you think it's fucking with your head now that you have so much access to just online nonstop? Dude, I, I really think so because when at,
2: right when I wake up, I grab my phone. Yeah. I I don't know why I do that shit. Yeah. I wake
4: up and I grab my phone and I look at it all the fucking time. Checking my crypto. <laughs> Checking my fucking messages, man. I know. And um. It started fucking with my head. Cause then when I'm when I wake up and do it, I'm half asleep. So then when I'm half asleep, whatever is happening here takes over my emotions and mind. Mm. But then like when I'm when I'm fully awake, right? I could fuck around with my phone and it's like, oh, this country got bombed. Oh well. It's like nothing happens to me yeah. emotionally, whatever, right? Because I'm I don't know. I think we're all desensitized. But for some reason, if I do it right when I wake up. Let's say, like, I'm stressed out because something's happening on, on this business or whatever. I got to get it done fast or just all kinds of shit. Like, it fucks with me, man. Yeah,
2: I I think a lot of people don't have that wherewithal to understand how you start your day is a representation of how the rest of your day will go. Yeah. That's why, you know, you hear a lot of people who are life coaches say, start your day with cleaning up your room and starting fresh. You know, start with some type of positivity because it really does affect your mind state. Like if I read an email that pisses me off the rest of the day,
4: right? I'm pissed. That's why I started my day jacking off because it's a great <laughs> mood, but I just go right back to sleep and I'm not productive. So
2: it's like, <laughs> I, I wake up now and I, and I go, I go to the little genius brain dojo outside <laughs> and then karate. And I just fucking stretch. That's tight. I open the door and there's like mountains over here I could look at and yeah. I just stretch and I listen to music and I just relax. Because I'm i I'm, I'm not going to look at the thing that's going to make my day terrible. Yeah. Because it just, it puts me in a shit fucking mood.
4: It does, man. It's all about controlling like what you allow enter your mind. Yeah. And then like, you know how they say shit like, oh, you let them live, you know, in your mind rent-free or whatever, right? And it's really true. It's like, and also you have to get good at being able to block out certain things or, or removing certain things because like… There's only limited space that we have in our heads. Mm-hmm. It's like, I call it like our mental real estate, right? Like this city's already built. You can't fit more shit. Yeah. So then if you introduce thoughts that you don't want into it, like it's like a virus, it's going to stay there. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of my shit recently has been about how do you like kind of maneuver through all of this? And one of the things that actually works that blew my fucking mind was just like going out into nature. Because when I'm sitting in the room and I'm like, you know what? I think this is what's causing it. It's me sitting still in a fucking caged room. Yeah. And I'm like, my mind is just representing what it feels. It's trapped. So I'm like, why don't I just take a walk? Why don't I just go out, take a hike? Why don't I go swim? And then I realize, like when I'm in Hawaii, when I'm in like, you know, the mountains or whatever, hiking, laughing with my friends or just swimming… It just feels so much better. And all the same thoughts that come into my head, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's physiological. Maybe there's something here where like as a human being, you just have to be a a natural creature just walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember we used to do those walks when you're losing weight. Yeah. And I was like, it's so weird how just some sun and walking around the block can really like do dramatic shit to your mind.
2: Yeah, it feels really good. Like now I don't walk. Well, it's been kind of cold and rainy. But, you know, when it gets warm, the first thing I like to do is walk. So, wake up, stretch, and I'll go for like a two, three-mile walk.
4: And then the rest of my day is good. Dude, when we're in Hawaii, because we have a place there. And it's going to be fun, dude. Because I have this routine now where I wake up in the morning. I bought a couple of mopeds. uh, We just go out. We're right next to the beach in the park. Park our mopeds. We just do a couple of like workouts or whatever. And we just jump in the ocean. And it's fucking warm, especially if you go like during the summer, right? So it's like you're jumping into a nice jacuzzi, just fucking swimming. And then the day starts off like you're a fucking cute little baby that just got bathed in the sink by mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then- and then you go out and, you know, breakfast food. Hawaii does breakfast food like no other, right? So every day we're like, we had a list on Yelp of like, let's hit up these different breakfast restaurants. I got some prime rib, loco moco, man. It, it put me right back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got
2: to be careful with food out there, man. We've been going to eat like crazy. I'm just going to maybe, I don't know, eat, get an order of Zippies and try to eat that throughout the day. Because that portion- <laughs> one is, order? That portion is huge, man. Yeah. Well, I always order a lot too. I always get the loco moco. I get a side of chili. And then I'll do like… I don't know. Like they'll have like a manapur or some shit like that.
4: Yeah. You know. But I, I can't wait, dude. Because I want to… I get to live the life that I've… We've been dreaming about. Of like just wake up. Go out there. Fucking swim. Maybe hike. um, And then just get to work. You know?
2: Yeah. I mean… It, we're really just kind of building the lifestyle that we've always wanted. Or maybe not even so much wanted. I think it's more of a lifestyle that I didn't know that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Right? And I think, you know, as as I get old, and we've been doing entertainment for a very, very long time now. My reason for wanting to do entertainment was simply just because I wanted to. Yeah. I didn't have any lofty goals to win like an Oscar. I didn't have an, you know, I didn't have that. I just really enjoyed the process, mm-hmm. and that's how it's always been. So for me, enter- entertainment was just a thing that I have kind of fell into. Yeah. Even though, yeah, I wanted to be a huge stand-up comic. Once I started doing YouTube, I realized I didn't really have that want. I just liked. Having fun. Yeah. And then we somehow made a living off of having fun. So now that's going to be my entire life goal is to make money while having fun. Yeah. In whatever facet that is. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be entertainment. It could be opening up this Junebee. It could be, I don't know, fucking, I don't know, starting a kid's channel. I,
4: I'll figure it out. I think that's the key of my happiness is like being able to do businesses with my friends. And then like creating those dope ass memories. And then just being able to like have fun. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And… And yeah, I have goals. Like I want to achieve certain goals. Like, you know, I want to open up th- these businesses or whatever. Right. But then I've never had the first place goals. Yeah. Like I never had the trophy goals. None of that stuff. And I to think that's the, why we vibe. To buy. be the top, right? Like I no. never, I never have that. Because sometimes to be the top, it doesn't help to work with your friends. Mm. And, and that's kind of always been the reason for like with JK, you know, like I kept certain people there for a long, long time. When maybe I shouldn't have. Um, But it wasn't about that. It was just about like, hey, like we just like coming in here and fucking around. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Uh, and, And it's the same concept, I think, with a lot of the businesses that we do. It's just like, yeah, let's this is an idea. Let's get together and let's fucking have fun with it. And then, you know what? Are you bored of it? Yeah, I'm bored of it. I don't know. Do you want to keep going? I don't know. Let's do something new. All right. And that's kind of life, you know, like, yeah, yeah.
2: It's been really fun living like that though. And I think a lot of people are going to figure out. It's hard to say too, because you could tell somebody who's really young, this same type of advice, but you just kind of have to go through it to really understand what it is. Because if my now self told my younger self the same thing, i would be like, fuck you. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. Or you would maybe feel it, but you don't know how to really put it into motion. Yeah. Right. And it just takes trials and tribulations for you to understand what's important to you and what's not. Because, I don't see myself having this mindset when I was younger because I personally didn't know what my desires were. Mm -hmm. I thought I wanted to be the biggest stand-up comic. I thought this, but then it turns out that number one place didn't mean anything to me. I just really enjoyed the process. Yeah, And I think a lot of people have to enjoy that too. It's impossible for everybody to be number one. I think it's it's good for you. If you're a Kobe type of person, you have Kobe mentality, then do that type of shit. I don't have Kobe mentality. I have fucking, uh, I don't know if you guys even know who this is. Lawrence Funderburk. He's (laughs) He's a, <laughs> like, like most people don't know who the fuck that is. Who is that? Exactly. Basketball player. I'm a Lawrence Funderburg. I made it to the NBA. I was, I was good for what I did, you know, and I'm good, but that's, that's where I enjoy it. Like even like kickboxing, right? Started it. Yeah. I did it to the point where I felt
4: like I was decent. I could spar. And then that was it. But I mean, you're the things that you get into though, is you still get into a, you, you still do it and you have great work ethics And you still crush it because like we all did it, but then you surpassed us. And then it's like, yeah, but you're not going to be the number one fucking Taibo master of the world, you know, like,
2: like, I don't even have a a want to even compete. No, because you you just
4: enjoy doing it. Right. And I think we're all the same. And that same thing It's like, we like to experiment. We like to try. We like to just say, fuck it. Let's do this. And let's have something that we do together. Yeah. And I think that's the best because like we've seen the dark side of being pure goal chasers Mm -hmm. when it's only about the goal. And then some people, they get to this point where like, they care so much about the goal that they don't care about their friends, their family, nothing else. And they're, they're just accomplishing one and then the other. And then they feel unfulfilled and they're always stressed. They're always sad. Like I have friends who have like fucking billionaire dreams or like just whatever. And they're fucking miserable. And I'm like, I would never want your
2: life. And the sad thing is, you know, when when I had those same thoughts, I, I was like telling myself, am I just saying that because I want to feel better that I don't have as much as them? But I, I really sat and thought about it. I was like, no, they're miserable <laughs> Like because they, they verbally said it to yeah. me, you know, because I have to sometimes want to check myself too. I was like, am I do, having these bad habits because I was like, no, wait, I don't really care about money. Like,
4: do you think it's a, it's kind of like an excuse? Like, you're just like, yeah, and oh, I to, because I'm not number one, this is how I cope. Yeah. So oh. I had to like double check myself. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I really, it's not that.
2: It's just, I, I know what I like and I know what I want. And I think, you know, and I've said this before too, where I look at my parents and my parents have never said they hated their life. Yeah. Even though we did not have it that great, which is a really admirable thing because I know a lot of people who have so much, but they say they hate their lives. Mm-hmm. It's said, why did my parents who we were fucking? broke dude like you know you know how we grew up like we all grew up poor i never heard my mom say i hate my life yeah i hate this i hate that i i never heard it that's true i
4: never heard my mom complain right they had a shitty life (laughs) Fucking. (laughs) my dad left her ass all alone fucking had to deal with two sons and but she never complained. Yeah. And, and that's why it blew my mind when I started to hear people complain about mm-hmm. their lives. And I was just like, what the fuck? Genius farts, if you're hearing these ads, that means you guys are the reason
2: why this podcast is continually sponsored. So make sure that you check out our sponsors. Click the links because this podcast is brought to you by IP Vanish, my friends. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well just give away all your private data and, you know, pictures of your freaking butthole. Let me tell you something. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. If you're trying to snoop around my stuff, you can't, you stupid idiot, because I use IPVanish, and you're too dumb to even know that. So suck my butt. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for freaking free. Yes, this is an awesome deal. So go to IPVanish.com brain and use promotional code brain and claim your seven. savings. That's ipvanish.com as an I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash brain. Well, yeah, it's. I think that's why we don't like complainers. Yeah. Because we never grew up around that. We always had people who were problem solvers or they appreciated the things that they had. And that's them enjoying the process. Yeah. My mom never said she hated her job and her job was fucking hard. My dad never hated his
4: life. He was a full-time pastor and he ran a business like 80 hours a week. Because they're survivors. Yeah. I think that's the difference, right? Um, but also it's perspective of what you can stomach. Because mm-hmm. some people whose their normal is not our normal. Yeah. So I think that's why we vibe. And then, you know, they probably vibe with their own ideas of what is normal, and what is safe, and what is scary mm-hmm. or painful. And I had to
2: make my choices where I had to cut people out the people who would consistently complain about the life are the ones I had to cut out. Yeah. Because it was the same concept of me waking up and dealing with
4: negative energy and it would fuck up the rest of my fucking day. And it's stressful. Yeah. Because I feel like we should be a unit that can, you know, on the same page, like we want to survive, we want to have fun. And we we have the same, you know, kind of ideas about the world. Mm -hmm. But over time, when you have people uh, within your realm who basically are always defeated or, or or maybe even depressed or like, it takes a toll on you. And it's like, we're not therapists. We're not psychologists. Yeah. Years ago too, I had to cut out somebody. This is like six, seven years ago. And
2: the, and the main reason why I cut this person out is because no matter how much they won, no matter how many gigs they were booking, no matter how much money they were making, they always wanted to be the person in the group that everybody had to feel sorry for.
4: So they loved playing the victim. They
2: loved yeah. playing that victim card. And that person till this day doesn't really have good friends. Hmm. And like, I even had to cut out people who were friends with her because I disliked them even more than her because in front of her, yeah. they would praise her say, Oh, you're doing so well. You're kicking it. And then they would come to me like, Oh, she's so fake. And oh, I'm like, that's, that's horrible. I was like, you're worse than her now Yeah, because she's a, she's a weird, weirdo piece of shit that's dealing with her shit. But the difference is you, you're a snake now because yeah. you're telling her, oh, she's awesome, but you come to me and you say she's fucking dumb. It's like, now you're a piece of
4: shit. Yeah, because you should be the friend that's checking them. Yeah. And but- I, I i just, it just blows my mind how like people operate like that. Because because I don't think in these ways, sometimes we have snakes that slip. Mm-hmm. Like within the group, within people that we know. And then like, I'm just so blindsided. Like, what the fuck, man? Um why do you treat people this way? Like in front of them, you want to give them support. Mm-hmm. And you think you have an authentic, authentic relationship. And then behind their backs, they're just talking all this shit. They're doing all these things. And it's like, what the
2: hell is yeah, happening? it's also too, why do you want to waste your energy and time with people that you really don't want to be around? And when I look at that, and obviously with this person, you know, they're probably, you know, they're famous and stuff. They They see… That part of it. Mm. And so they want to keep them in their back pocket just in case. Yeah. So you're just, you're 10 times worse than that person is. That person just has an issue of wanting to be pitied all the time, which is obnoxious. But you're
4: a little snake. Yeah. So that person has to be cut out as well. I think that's one thing I've learned over time, just like dealing with people, is that um, a lot of people have many different faces that they wear. Mm-hmm. Is like what you see and what you think they are, a lot of the times isn't true. Mm -hmm. And I just been lucky that I think like within most of the people that we're around, they're true to themselves. And maybe it's because like people that are fake or whatever, we spot it and kick them out. Or it's just that they don't feel comfortable around us. Yeah. So they might be afraid of us or whatever it is. But then I I feel extremely lucky because I feel like either because like I have, you know, I, um, you know, I have an audience on YouTube. They suck up to me. So I don't see the dark side, but I hear it from other people, mm-hmm. you know, and then what a shit bag they are to people that they can't benefit from. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm never treated shitty from them, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody just has to look at their own personal
2: relationships with somebody like, even for me, I the idea, the idea that people think that they know somebody online it's it's asinine. Like you don't know these people <laughs> at all, right? And the the like I always say too, you don't know if somebody's a good person or not just because of the the they when they put their best foot forward.
4: Oh man. You know? Do we know so many people in person <laughs> that fucking act so perfect? And their audience has no, we can ruin so many yeah, God dang
2: people. Yeah. It's like the, the, just because you're likable, it doesn't mean you're a good person. And That's what
4: I hate the most. Yeah, It's like, we act like fucking scumbags in real and uh, in, in on online, offline, but we're very, you get what you get. Basically. <laughs> we're not fucking. I mean, like, come on, dude, what is there to hide? Right. Yeah. Cause like, I'm talking about getting rim jobs and shit. Like I don't give a fuck, <laughs> but like there's people out there. That have this very clean cookie cutter image of who they are, mm-hmm. and it would surprise the fuck out of people if they knew what we knew. Exactly, and I'm like, dude, I don't do shit like that.
2: Like, you're you're fucking nuts. <laughs> you know, the, I mean, I feel the stuff that I got in trouble for is just for having stupid opinions about things, right? And I'm okay with that because I've never said that I was a smart person. I've always said these are just opinions of mine. And they're always open for change and it's happened a lot, but you would be surprised when somebody, if you look at somebody who caters their content to always apologizing and doing the right thing, I guarantee you they're a piece of shit behind doors because there's absolutely no way that somebody who constantly caters to other people has a strong sense of identity. Mm -hmm. They don't impossible because it's, it's just, I've never, I've yet to see it. So when you, when I see it, then I'll let you know, but I haven't.
4: We should do a video on Genius Brain 20 years from now calling. Just like when you when you just don't give a fuck anymore. Oh, that's not going be 20 like, years from now. That's going to be like three years from now. Three years, you're probably going to be like, all right, this motherfucker right here. They yeah. did this and this and this. You guys think that this person is fucking awesome. Just oh, watch
2: out. And you would be surprised too. There's a reason why they're like, okay, well, if you know so much about these people, how come they just don't you know, say shit about... Well, they don't want to say shit about me because if you do... I have nothing to hide. Yeah, that's the that's the most dangerous thing about people like me and you. We don't hide anything. There's, so yeah. you, what are you going to say? You, you know what I mean? I'm I'm very upfront about my flaws. I'm very upfront about the stuff that I've fucked up on and that that I need to change. And some of the stuff that people think are bad qualities, I like that about myself. So I'll keep it. Right. So you know, we could play that game. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to come out real bad because I've never pretended I was an angel. Mm-hmm. You know, but everybody else who plays that image. If you want to say, I don't know, some shit about me, let's fucking go. Let me tear you down from the fucking ground up.
4: I will rip you apart. It'll be a very, very bad day for you. Great for me, bad for you. That's a good thing, right? You want people to talk about you. I think it's fun. I do it. Like we all talk about celebrity gossip. We do that shit. It's fine. And I kind of like it because it's like Dude. the best thing is, you know, we should worry when people don't talk about you. Yeah. It's like when they're creating their theories, when they're just having fun, I mean, we do that shit when we look at the Kardashians, it's fine. but I think that the real shit, and this is the shit that I don't like, is when there are people on YouTube or just in entertainment in general, and we know what a fucking scumbag they are, and then they go out and they fool people. Yeah, I hate that shit the most.: It's dishonest. It's unfair. but then, uh, but then the other part of me is like, if they can positively impact. The people and give them some hope or give them some happiness i'm like it's that's fine. fine yeah yeah but at the end of the day i know what their true colors are and that's what kills me inside because i just want to fucking say it i just want to tell you know yeah. but then yeah, it's yeah, just, but it, yeah yeah it's true though
2: because as long as they're doing something where i guess people in the outside are positively affected then i'll just leave it as it is and you know i just ain't no snitch because I, I don't like doing that type of <laughs> shit i ain't no fucking snitch it's just built in me but at the same time it's just Don't come at me, though. It'd be a very, very... they do... It's a a very, very bad time for you, you know?
4: It's funny because the things that you... Sometimes I'll watch an episode, the shit that you'd say about people, it's so fucking funny. (laughs) And it's true. And I'm so happy you do it because, like, uh, for the longest time on JK News, like, you protected a lot of the people in the group. And we talked about this recently, too, because, Mm -hmm. like, on JK, like, it was a co-ed mixed group of people that wasn't always down for that kind of drama attention yeah right so like some of the members in the group didn't want to attract drama so you were kind enough to hold your kind of fucking tongue and say i'm not going to talk about other people in that light but on genius brain i'm gonna go fucking 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. right
2: yeah it's just like for me too like i always keep it within a modicum of, like the thing that a lot of people confuse is they feel that i met them right it goes oh you met me I don't give a fuck like unless you're because it's just opinions you know what I mean yeah. like for example and it's like,
4: okay to roast everybody yeah
2: roast like, <laughs> I, I get roasted all the fucking time yeah you know so it's like if you can't if you can't take it then don't fucking dish it so I live in a very weird type of world like I, do, I also don't like the sense of you know whenever an Asian project comes out they're like are you going to support it and I'm like no it sucked why <laughs> like if it's good I will it sucks. If yeah. it sucks, it sucks. Yeah. You might like it and that's completely okay, but I don't have to like it. What, what? What is this unspoken rule? It's like, oh, if you and I had the same little gooky eyes, I got to fucking support everything that you do. <laughs> it sucked in my personal opinion, not yeah. as a general truth. Yeah. But, you know, when we talk about things in the art realm and, you know, specifically like, you know, film or art or whatever the fuck that it is, it's open for interpretation. And if people don't feel anything about it, that means that it's not worthy to be spoken about. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes when I say my opinions about things, they go, oh, well, you know, they're, it's, it's, it's in the Asian community. Why would you say that? I don't live like that. It's art. It's open for
4: interpretation. Mm-hmm. And if people don't talk about it, then it just goes away. Yeah. Some of the Asians that talk about it positively, even though they don't like it, they have a strategy of creating hype. So in hopes of getting another project greenlit. Yes. So I get the politics behind it. I get it, man. It's been a hard road for us. Like when we were kids, we didn't have Asian projects that were getting greenlit in Hollywood. I get that. But also I understand that if we don't scrutinize and critique things, we're not going to get better content out of our people. And I don't want to feel like we got a consolation prize. Yes, I don't want to feel like we won an Asian award because white people were like, "Let's give it to them. They need one." Yeah, and I want to fucking crush it. Yeah. I want to be like fucking. I want to be like BTS, where it's <laughs> undeniable. Yeah. These guys, they fucking came into America by storm, crushed it. It's undeniable. People love their music. Yeah, all it's not. It's not a petty love. It's fucking. They love it, and I think that's the kind of. Support I want to give to the Asian community Is like to me I think this is undeniable This is fucking amazing And I think it's great content
2: Yeah to, to silence people Because you feel like you have to do it Because somebody has the same skin color as you Is it's absolute nonsense It's tribalism
4: and yeah. I don't really like it I fucking
2: yeah. hate that shit You know what I mean Like I, and I get it to a certain extent I kept my opinions quiet about um, Crazy rich Asians for almost a year <laughs> Because it was the first of its kind. And I understood the mission. I took the mission. Well, guess what? You got your crazy rich Asians. That shit was trash. It was one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen in my fucking life. I
4: thought it was one of the most funnest movies ever. (laughs) And we can differ in opinions. You know what I mean? I hated that fucking movie so (laughs) fucking bad. But
2: I got I understood the mission and I and I took it for what it is, you know? But at the same time, people are like, oh, don't say anything bad. I'm like, the more you tell me not to do it, the more I want I to do know. it. I know.
4: Like,
2: don't, don't tell
4: me that, you know? And what do they think? You think you're going to create like an apocalypse of, <laughs> I of like, the fuck oh, am I? David's <laughs> opinions got out all of a sudden. All of a sudden, fucking, yeah. now it's going to drop in a dro- box office. <laughs> it's
2: not going to sell millions. It's like, know. no, I'm one little blip in the universe. I'm Okay. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. You could catch Joe on all of his stuff. Joe Jitsukawa. See it on JK Films. Um, check out our store in Oahu. We'll probably up and running in what?
4: I'm not sure, but hopefully our goal is summer.
2: Yes, by summertime. Summertime, uh, babies. If you are on the island, whether you're visiting, uh, please come through. Uh show us some love. We have some island exclusive flavors there that you can't get at any other store that's going to be at our
4: location. Uh so much love to our Ohana out there yep. in Hawaii. And we will definitely do a pandemic, post pandemic special meet and greet, where it's been a it's been a hard several years. We haven't been able to see you guys face to face, do any shows. And I think the first debut of us coming out, it's gonna be in Hawaii. Maybe the whole JK fam. I don't know. Like Barton Gio says they're gonna be there too. Yeah. Whenever so, the
2: JK fans out there, they're probably going to come through. So yep. come and say hi. Um, hope you guys enjoy our stuff. We love this company. We're, we're, we're expanding fast and you know, it's, it's been kind of a journey, dude. Like it's, it's been one of those things that we've been really, yeah, we post on our stories here and there, but we haven't really talked about the growth of the process. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Yep. Like we've changed the, the company name has changed like three times, I know. so much growing pains, but
4: you know, we're here. But stay tuned, guys, because in, well, for now, if you guys want to support in the East Coast, you could go to Princeton. And um, in Texas, you could go to Richardson. Mm -hmm. Out here, we got two, Roland and we got um, Westwood. Mm -hmm. But stay tuned for maybe Fullerton, maybe Irvine, maybe Oregon. Maybe we have several other places coming on. On live, 2022 or 2023.
2: Yeah. And our biggest thing too is like, if you guys heard about me and food, I love uh, accessibility. Accessibility is my most important thing just because we're kind of living in a world now specifically with- you know, the whole Instagram phase that a lot of this stuff is becoming elite. Like Mm -hmm. there's like a certain elitism, like, Oh, you can only have this if you have X amount of money Mm -hmm. for us, we're taking high grade matcha and kind of making, bringing it to the masses. That's right. We're like the Robin hood of matcha (laughs) We basically are, dude. like I, I like the, the farm that we have out in Japan is fucking amazing. It's like a hundred years old. The it's all of our matcha is stone ground, the old way. Um, little old Japanese women are picking the fucking leaves. Mm-hmm. Like that's not even a joke. No. <laughs> like legit. These women are up to my belly button. Three teeth, grandma. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of attention and care that you, that you have with our products that a lot of people charge more for. And we just make it accessible.
4: We eat the cost so you guys can get it at a better rate.
2: Yeah. Well, we could see you guys next time. Uh, Genius brains every Sundays at 12 PM. Uh, catch Joe on everything that he does and c- check our journey out with Jumbi Matcha. And we'll see y'all next time.